This is Lit Mix, a podcast about the books that challenge us. I'm Andrea. And I'm Rachel. We're friends who met in eighth grade and grew up to be a high school English teacher and a K-12 school librarian. On each episode of our show, we focus on one book, exploring why it's controversial and what makes it important. Today, we're discussing Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson. Of all the needs that a lonely child has, the one that must be satisfied if there's going to be hope and a hope of wholeness is the unshaking need for an unshakable God. My pretty black brother was my kingdom come. The quote comes from I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, the autobiographical novel by the late poet laureate Maya Angelou, who, like the fictional Claudia in our novel today, survived the world-shattering effects of trauma and lived to heal and thrive. The narrator of the novel we're talking about today suffers loneliness in the wake of trauma. Loneliness that feels like a loss of hope and the hope of wholeness. After Monday Charles, her best friend, her almost sister, her soulmate, and in a way, her unshakable god, her ever-competent, ever-brilliant, ever-loyal companion, disappears. The psychiatrist Bessel van der Kolk author of the perennial New York Times bestseller, The Body Keeps the Score, and a pioneering expert on the effects of trauma, notes a challenging thing for survivors of trauma is to acknowledge the reality of the thing that has happened. The critical issue, he says, is allowing yourself to know what you know. That takes an enormous amount of courage. And in the novel we're discussing today, a critical issue is the main character letting herself know what she knows about what happened to Monday and to come to terms with that and to heal. Monday's Not Coming is Tiffany D. Jackson's second novel published in 2018, which came on the heels of her debut, Allegedly, which I also recommend. Monday's Not Coming got starred reviews from School Library Journal and Bulletin of the Center for Children's Books. So... When Claudia's best friend Monday doesn't show up back to school at the beginning of eighth grade, Claudia seeks out the truth about what happened to Monday. Jackson has said that Monday's Not Coming was specifically inspired by two real-life cases of missing girls, one in Detroit and one in Washington, D.C., like where the book is set. She told Bustle, I incorporated the way kids slip through the cracks in the system, the way there is no immediate sense of urgency when black teen girls go missing. That is one thing that is so frustrating about this story. It often feels like Claudia is the only one who notices or cares that Monday is missing, and the adults around her, especially at school, seem to be doing very little about the situation. Even as Jackson has based the book on real events, that experience of the media or the police or the relevant authorities, teachers, community, not paying attention to a bad thing is in many ways the central conflict of the book. With its reality-bending twist, this book took me for a psychological ride that reminded me a lot of movies like Memento, Shutter Island, and The Sixth Sense. In each of those stories, There's a central character who moves through the world with a very different understanding of what is actually real. You could say that their perception is distorted because there's some true thing that has happened or that they have done and it's just too painful to face. 
This book also reminded me of a really ugly case in child welfare that I remember people talking about when growing up in Brooklyn in the 80s. Manhattan lawyer Joel Steinberg brutally and remorselessly beat to death his illegally adopted six-year-old daughter. The man's female partner was also covered with scars and bruises inflicted by him, but she covered for him and she didn't intervene on behalf of the little girl. This case, which was highly, I think the trial was televised, it was said to leave to soul searching and overhaul of New York City's child welfare system, which had actually received reports about the abused child and let her slip through the cracks. Possibly because the city was really overburdened with child welfare cases and was underfunding the Bureau of Child Welfare, but also possibly because child welfare caseworkers weren't able to see what was really happening. All they saw was a white affluent lawyer with a nice apartment in Greenwich Village and didn't understand how he could also be freebasing cocaine and terrorizing his illegally adopted daughter. It's hard to imagine that it would have taken up so much space in the public psyche if this had been a little black girl in a public housing apartment. And in the book, Monday is not coming, there are some adults who it seems like they're concerned when Claudia goes to them for help. But it's like their hands are tied. They can't really follow up. You know, Monday wasn't registered for school that year. She's being homeschooled, allegedly. Or there's one teacher who Claudia forms a bond with. And this teacher is also concerned for Monday. She goes to people at this school and is given the story of, oh, there's a there's a caseworker on this. We don't have more information. It's one of those situations where People are concerned, but in terms of really following up and seeing what's happening, no one seems to feel like it's their place. They don't want to interfere in another family's family business. Absolutely. They assume that someone else is already taking care of it. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it doesn't come in time for Monday. Mm -mm. Do we reveal what it is or no? I feel like no. no. But you do know, in reading it, I feel like not too far into the book, Claudia gives hints that Monday doesn't have a happy ending. Yeah, but you want to keep reading to find out what exactly happened to her. I think you know. Well, the title is Monday is Not Coming. And I think originally Tiffany Jackson wanted to name it Monday Ain't Coming, but someone in the publishing business suggested to her to make it, I don't know, I guess less black and change Monday ain't coming to Monday is not coming. Just an interesting tidbit. I think she tweeted about that once. Something I love about this book is how it's so in favor of celebrating all the good things in life. Like it really is a book about friends, family, food. Claudia's mom is, of course, this great chef and is always making things that sound great. Claudia is a dancer and there is ultimately hope for healing. It's a book that deals with terrible, true things. Neighborhoods do get destroyed. Children do suffer neglect and abuse and fall through the cracks of the system. But communities also do look out for each other and do help their people heal. And I love the way Jackson portrays that. I think she portrays the church really well. The church is this place for people to gather. Church is really about being a place to remind you of what's good about being a human. What did you like about the book? Similarly, I felt like the family aspect was so strong. I really loved Claudia's parents. Often in kids' books or YA books, 
the parents or the adults are largely absent in one sense because they can't be the one who solves the character's problems because then there would be no character growth and it's just not a good story. <laughs> Kill the parents, get rid of them. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's why the parents aren't there because the main character needs to figure things out for themselves. But Claudia's parents are always there for her as kind of a safety net and there for the reader too. I kind of felt like everything was going to be okay because her parents were so reassuring. She goes to them with her concerns about Monday and sometimes her parents are kind of going along the lines of let's stay out of other families business but they do ultimately step up to help claudia i also saw them as probably the parents that monday wishes she had and we do see a, a little bit of the connection that she had with claudia's mom when she goes to her for comfort or guidance i think there was a scene where monday slept over at claudia's house and when Claudia wakes up in the morning, Monday's not there in the bedroom. And I thought, oh, she went home. But no, she was downstairs with Claudia's mom, like hanging out with her. And I thought that was really sweet. I also loved Claudia's mom's advice about always leaving breadcrumbs. Yeah, she always wants Claudia to check in at the library after school on her way home so the librarian can say, I saw Claudia after school today. And that leaving breadcrumbs is kind of something that I even think about as an adult woman. You know, like when your friends are going home, you say, text me when you get home. Or I like that because even though Claudia's parents do work and they're not home all the time, it's not that they're not there for her and not looking out for her. It's not like, you know, some characters are perfect and others are irredeemably evil. It's not like some situations or families are perfect and others are evil. It's not like life itself is nothing but unrelenting tragedy or nothing but a never-ending party. It's all of it there, which I think is part of what makes it so good and also maybe part of why this book ruffles some feathers. So maybe we could talk about that. Among other places where it may have been challenged or on long lists of books that were being collectively challenged, uh, there was one county in Virginia where it was required reading for ninth grade and parents spoke out against it at a school board meeting because of sexual content and violence. And this was actually documented on video. I saw the clips on Twitter. Parents were reading passages from the book completely out of context for the shock value. And yeah, there are some paragraphs or sentences in this book. If you're just reading them out at a school board meeting, that might sound a little shocking, but again, it was with no background about the story of the book. In one article where Tiffany Jackson responded to this, she wrote, I had to go back and reread my own book to determine if we're reading the same story. Monday is not about sex. Reading is fundamental, but context is everything. Thus, it's sad to see these schools and parents caught in a game of telephone. I would agree, this book is not about sex. It's incidental to the story because it is about teenagers, and that is one aspect of their lives, but that's not the point of the story. And I would argue that neither is the violence. I wonder if what's really at issue for people is 
not wanting to read a story in which the person harming the child is the parent. I mean, one of the things that we hear a lot in these discussions around books and what's appropriate is this idea of parental rights. So the Florida bill, popularly known as the Don't Say Gay bill, is actually officially called the Parental Rights in Education Act, Mm. meaning parents should be the ones to decide what kids learn in school, what they read, what books are available on library shelves. Parents should get to know and be informed about what kids might be saying to their counselors or teachers. It's a nice idea if all parents are like Claudia's parents. Parental rights approach just does not work when threats to a child's well-being are coming from the parents, which happens all the time, whether we like to face that fact or not. So I kind of suspect that opposition to books like this one is due in part to the fact that a book like Monday is Not Coming shatters this illusion that home and family always means safety and love, which for many children, they just do not. That kind of leads into what was my biggest takeaway. So I found it interesting. At one point, Monday's mom makes an offhand comment that The government is watching what books you borrow from the library. And Claudia has noticed that Monday repeatedly checks out the book Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews and later discovers that she checked out many other books about abused children. The librarian explains to Claudia that the government is not really keeping tabs on what books Monday was checking out, especially since... It's not clear if Monday was ever actually reported missing. There, No one would have looked into her record. But the librarian did not mention the Patriot Act, which does essentially allow the FBI to obtain library records of certain individuals. I don't really want to go into that right now. <laughs> but, um, but we can link in our show notes the ALA has a whole page explaining the Patriot Act and how it relates to libraries. All of that being said, Monday was maybe trying to get the government to find out what was happening to her through the book she was borrowing from the library. And toward the end of the book, Jackson poses the question, who is really responsible for your well-being, your family, the government, or your community? So... Like you were just saying, unfortunately, sometimes our families can fail us and the government can fail us. And sometimes it does, quote unquote, take a village. Claudia, in her quest to find out what happens to Monday, is always being told to stay out of grown folks' business and other people's business. And I feel like a lot of the time, that's our instinct to just mind our own business. But... The question is, when should we cross the line and say something? It's so hard to know, and sometimes you have to. You and I have both worked in schools, which means besides having background checks and getting fingerprinted, we have been mandated reporters. When you're a mandated reporter, and many professionals are, doctors, nurses, in your professional capacity, you're legally bound to notify the 
the authorities if you suspect that any child has experienced abuse or neglect at home. It's not easy to say, I think something's wrong, especially when you're dealing with somebody else's family. You don't want to make false accusations. I don't think any of us wants to believe, even parents that appear in many ways to be loving, I don't think any of us wants to believe that these same people can sometimes act with cruelty. But as you say, it really does become everybody's responsibility. It really does take community members paying good attention to the signs and not explaining them away. What was your biggest takeaway? The thing that's going to stay with me is the way Jackson expresses trauma through this interrupted sense of time. Trauma really does do this. It interrupts people's ability to grasp the reality of situations. It messes with people's sense of time. It messes with people's ability to interact with the outside world. The poet Maya Angelou had a period of six years where she really didn't speak at all. The novel Speak by Laurie Hulse Anderson, of course, is another one. The way that trauma messes with perception will stick with me. You know, while the forms, while those are different from person to person and experience to experience, I think Jackson communicates something really essential about trauma and how it messes with a person's ability to be in the world. Thinking about, you know, how we would use this book with students if we would add it to the syllabus, you mentioned the timeline of the story and Tiffany D. Jackson is like an automatic read author for me. I've read all of her books, both because of the stories she tells and the way that she tells them. So Monday's Not Coming is written in before and after timelines. And honestly, the first time I read the book, it was a little bit confusing to me until I got to the end and everything clicked. So I feel like this is a book that I would want to study with a creative writing class to look at how you can play with timelines. And it's one of those books where when I got to the end, I wanted to go right back to the beginning and read it from a different perspective and see if I could pick up on little clues. So just the, the craft of storytelling here. I would want to explore with students. And I would also read it with a high school book club. Completely. I think this is a tremendous pick for high school reading for all the reasons that you mentioned. And I think that reading books that deal with issues like this in school is very important. So last year with my 11th graders, I assigned Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's debut novel, which is Purple Hibiscus. And it also deals with domestic abuse and the abuse of minor children. And it was a it was a heavy, heavy read. And I remember feeling super aware of responsibility that I had as a teacher to help the students process the experience of reading it, to make sure that that the conversation was sensitive and aware of people in the classroom that may have experienced abuse like this within their family. To read difficult books with kids can bring difficult things to the surface and make them easier to talk about. Let's talk about our playlist picks for Monday is Not Coming. You want to go first? So it's Tupac again, and it's Keep Your Head Up. 
I love this song in part because of the the way it samples the song Ooh Child Things Are Gonna Get Easier. Keep Your Head Up is a song that doesn't shy away from terrible things. Tupac says, I blame my mother for turning my brother into a crack baby. But it also infuses the listener with hope as Tupac acknowledges all the pain in his life and the life of his community. And he says, I'm still trying to hold on to my surviving friends. And it's crazy. It seems it'll never let up. But please, you got to keep your head up. What's your song, Andrea? What'd you pick? I picked Best Friend by Saweetie and Doja Cat. Listening to it, I could just picture Claudia and Monday in Claudia's bedroom choreographing a dance together. And the song refers to the best friend as a soulmate, which is actually how Claudia refers to Monday at one point in the book. She says, I loved her. Well, I mean, not like that. I didn't love her in the way a girl loved a girl, like romantically. I loved her more like a soulmate loved a soulmate. Who makes up the rules for who your soul belongs to? I love that. And I feel like it brings us back to the book Gender Queer, mm. which was the first book that we talked about. And mm-hmm. like, there's the idea in Plato that, you know, one soul is sort of separated into two sometimes. And when you find somebody that your soul loves, what the gender is doesn't matter. Even what the circumstances are might not matter. Make your soul, your soul loves who your soul loves. In a lot of ways, Claudia and Monday are kind of like, opposites. Hmm. Monday is the more outgoing one where Claudia is more reserved. I would say Monday is the more academically inclined friend where Claudia struggles in school, mm-hmm. but they just fit well together. You just click. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Lit Mix. Check the link in our show notes for other perspectives and resources on the books and topics discussed in this show. Lit Mix is created, hosted, and produced by Andrea Benvenuto and me, Rachel Stone. Follow us on Instagram at litmixpodcast or email us at litmixpodcast at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts or drop a few coins in our tip jar on Ko-Fi. Thanks for your support.